It's uh, how you start isn't nearly as important as how you finish, thank God. And where you are in life right now, your circumstances don't have to dictate your future. In fact, maybe you've even heard it said that sometimes when life is the darkest, the light shines brightest. I don't know how this guy got to this space. Um, this space where his life now was nearing the end, the darkness was immense, the pain excruciating. Torture is like the best way to describe it. And when you're so close to the end, I mean, it is really hard to grab hope. It's really hard to see any light. I mean, when things are really heavy and dark and there's just not a lot of joy. And I don't know how he ended up in this spot. Uh, maybe he had a really bad start in life. Maybe he had a really bad home. Maybe he just had a lot of really bad company or made a bunch of really bad choices. Maybe he had only made one bad choice. But no matter how his life and circumstances ended up in this dark, dark spot, here he was, hanging on a cross, just a couple of feet from Jesus. Of this thief, he hung there reluctantly, begrudgingly, desperately. And just a few feet from him, there this man he didn't know, this one he maybe even never even heard of, hung on a cross very similar to his, willingly, undeservingly. It didn't start off great. I mean, that amount of pain, that amount of fear and anxiety, it's going to boil over somehow, some way. And in the book of Matthew and Mark, we get a picture of that as this thief and his buddy hang on, on a cross on either side of Jesus. They hang there and they both, both of them, mock them. One thief would die not long from this moment in his misery and in his bitterness and wondering why his life turned out this way and it shouldn't have been different and this isn't fair. And the other one would die and enter paradise side by side with the Savior of the world. They lashed out at the start of things and then this moment prophesied about 700 years before it came to fruition in the book of Isaiah where it says that he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors for he bore the sin of many. It shouldn't be surprised that here Jesus is, that this picture of the crucifixion doesn't just include God in the flesh hanging on a cross for us. But the picture that God decided to serve up for us of these final moments in Jesus' life also include these two thieves. 
It shouldn't surprise us because this Jesus was called the friend of sinners. This Jesus spent his time with people just like these thieves. It says in the book of Luke, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus, in this moment, he looked out over all that was happening and his own excruciating and unbearable pain and said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up the clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him and they offered him wine and vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting. But this man has done nothing wrong. See, that's the thing about this Jesus, this God. Far different from any other God found in any other religion, this Jesus is a God of grace and mercy. And the thing about grace and mercy, the, the good news about what grace and mercy mean for us, it means that we don't get what we deserve that we have available to us this unmerited favor, this unmerited pardon, forgiveness no matter what you've done or where you've been. God's grace which shouts out in the darkest moments in the midst of whatever circumstance you find in that he loves you unconditionally with a strong love that will not let you go, with a love that nothing can separate you from. That's the thing about this grace and mercy, this unmerited favor. God doesn't just love you, but he likes you and there is nothing you can do to change that. Nothing you can do to make him love you less and nothing you can do to make him love you more. That's the thing about grace and mercy. And in this moment, desperate moment, here at the end of his life, this thief saw Jesus for who he was. Nothing more. I mean, this story will mess up your religion. This story will mess up up your theology. This thief on the cross didn't say a sinner's prayer, didn't bow his head quietly and raise his hand. He didn't saunter up to the front of some auditorium or concert. This thief on the cross, he wasn't baptized. He didn't go to a bunch of classes when he was a kid. He wasn't dedicated. This thief on the cross wasn't at church every once in a while or every week. He probably couldn't recite the scriptures. 
probably didn't know many of the prophecies about this Jesus. And here he was. No baptism, no prayer, no class, no church. Just faith enough to see Jesus for who he was. Faith enough to realize that even now, getting what he deserved, he couldn't save himself. Faith enough to realize that this was the Son of God, the Messiah, on this cross, dying next to him. So when he called out, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Savior, Messiah of the world, just remember me. Just remember me. But Jesus looked at him and answered, Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Thank God that how you have started in life is not even close to as important as how you will finish. Thank God that your circumstances today do not have to define your tomorrow. That even in the darkest moments of our life, this light of the world, is Jesus, the hope and the mercy and the grace He brings to our life, shine the brightest. There were no qualifying questions that Jesus laid out to this thief. Well, were you good enough? Did you do enough? Let me check your labels. <laughs> what does everybody else say about you? Have you helped more people than you hurt? None of those questions are found here. Jesus, in response to his simple faith, just his belief is today, you will be with me in paradise. And on this dark night, this night that filled so many with grief, this night that we call Good Friday for good reason, this thief would walk into paradise in the best company the universe has ever seen. You see, it's never over and it's never too late because of this Jesus on the cross. You don't have to be religious and have your good things outweigh your bad things because of this Jesus on the cross. There's no place too far gone because of this Jesus on the cross. There's no corner of this world you could ever be lost in no suffering you could ever endure because that would separate you from this God because of this Jesus on the cross. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever, whoever, no qualifiers needed, believes in him shall be saved. Man, when he said it was finished, it was finished. But the party was just getting started. And I hope, in the depths of my hope, 
that you are not seeking after religion, that you are not weighing your life on the scale of good and bad, hoping that you come out somehow on top. I hope, I hope that you are one of the whomevers who understand that God's grace and mercy is for you, a sinner just like me and just like that thief on the cross. And that somewhere in your heart or on your lips, you would have the courage to just whisper that small little bit of faith. I believe, Jesus, you are who you say you are. And my hope for this life, and my hope for this next life in eternity, solely rests on you. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. As we enter into communion, would you just bow your heads and pray with me? God, I pray this would be the moment. Man, that thief ran it up to the end of the clock. I pray we wouldn't wait that long. Though none of us know how long our clock will run. I pray this would be the moment that the list of whomevers would grow. That everyone here would take stock of their hearts and maybe cry out that beautiful cry of faith, the only thing. For it is by grace that we are saved through faith, not because of anything we do or don't do that this would be the moment that we would take stock and if we have not, that from our hearts we would say, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. My hope, it rests solely on you for this life and for the next. I accept the forgiveness that you have offered me and the love that you give me and I offer you my heart in return. God, we're so thankful that we get together and reflect on the cross and let this moment sink back deep into our souls, remembering the pain you endured, the suffering you endured, all for us. And as we remember this together, as we celebrate communion, I pray that even in the darkness of the moment and the memories and the reflection that your light would start to burst through our souls, encouraging us, helping us to know afresh, maybe some of us for the very first time, the absolute, incredible, undeniable, unconditional love that you have for us demonstrated through Jesus, the perfect revelation of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. In Corinthians, Jesus, he, we get the story of Jesus in the Last Supper. He had gathered his disciples around, and having told them what was going to happen, he gathered them, and he broke bread and took the cup and gave them instruction and us instruction that we should follow. 
at Grace Free Church, you don't have to be a part of our church to celebrate communion with us. You don't have to be super religious or take a class to celebrate communion with us. All that is required in Scripture is that you are one of the whomevers, is that you have placed your faith in Jesus. And if you have placed your faith in Jesus and see him for who he is, then you are more than welcome to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us. You, you probably picked up one of these little cups on your way in, and if you have that handy, now would be the time to get that ready. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul reflecting on this moment too. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. This is the most important thing, the only thing that matters, the only decision that ever matters. This is it. Says the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for your body broken for us. We reflect on that and this incredible gift that you have given us that we did not deserve. Unmerited. But there your grace and mercy was meeting us in our darkest moments, offering us salvation and forgiveness. We reflect on your body that was broken and we just say thank you for the sacrifice you paid, for the sufferings you bore in our place on that cross, the punishment that you took upon your flesh for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can peel the back of the cup and take that wafer out and may you may eat in the same way it continues in first corinthians after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You can peel that and I'll pray. Dear Jesus, we're so thankful for your blood shed for us, for the remission of our sins. The price you paid for us spilled on this night that we remember tonight. Without your sacrifice, we're lost lost to our sin, lost to our circumstances, lost to the darkness. But because of this, we are found through faith because of your grace. We cannot comprehend the price that you have paid for us. We can't even comprehend the love that you demonstrated for us. But we remember, we remember together. Thank you. Amen. You may drink. Jesus, we are so thankful for you. We are so thankful for this night. It's a dark night, but in the dark night, the light shines the brightest, and there you were in the middle of it, in the thickest of it, for us. Not words for some sticker or bumper sticker or church slogan. You are for 
us. We're so thankful for your grace, your mercy. Without it, we are so lost. No hope of eternity and no hope of real joy in this life either. But because of it, you have given us everything and counted us through faith heirs with you. It's un, in, absolutely incredible. And we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.